Hey, there's something different about my mango pineapple smoothie. Really? My caramel frappe tastes fine. Nah, something's definitely different. No difference? Other than I got them for half off because I ordered on the app. Well, that explains it. Explains what? How things seem to taste so much better when you're getting a sweet deal. Okay. <laughs> right now at Mickey D's, get 50% off any size McCafe beverage when you order through the McDonald's app. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Follow one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. All right, here we go. <laughs> Please subscribe to the channel. Please. Hey guys, YouTube's got an algorithm and it'd really, really help us out a lot if you could like, comment, and subscribe. This is how we can get more information out to more people and uh, share the message of Toronto Real Estate. In Thanks. that order, like, comment, subscribe, and hit the damn bell. I think he told me. for a week and then took it down. Like, like with his name on it or like development yeah, site or? Yeah, it's for sale sign. For four million? He just put up a for sale sign. That's it. Got no calls, took it down, said, okay. I need TK. Oh, I'm letting Steven in. I'm coming about. There he is. Steven. Hey, Steven, how are you? I'm doing great. How about you? Oh, I'm good. Good. Everything's working beautifully. Look at that. Awesome. He's he's clear. He's got some good good equipment on his end. He's got headphones. Hey. He's got like you a You can back, tell like, this is not his first uh, Zoom call. This is not. I came prepared. He came yeah. prepared. Well, I mean, he does. He is a technology guy, technically. He is much better than us. I can guarantee you in that space. On many <laughs> levels. Well, welcome to the show, yeah. sir. Good morning. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Good Thanks morning. Thanks for joining us, Stephen. Not sure if you've kind of got familiar with uh, our show or not, um, but I remember who who was it on the show that um, we saw Stephen? Screenco Jordan. Yes. Pre condo. Yeah, pre condo. So we saw how creative some of the stuff that you were doing was, and your um, philanthropic, uh, you know disposition of it which is great you know you're out there you're doing this out of passion and love and we like that so we wanted to talk to you yeah it's really interesting stuff really cool i i had no idea i thought he was using you know you know that company ratio city have you heard of those guys i do yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so when i saw it i bet tk that he was just using ratio city which i probably shouldn't say but i'm not the biggest fan of that thing but uh, what you're doing looks super cool. I didn't realize it was more of a passion project than anything. Um, but you know what was really interesting? Can we go back like a, a little while here? Because the, the, there's a little backstory on his website that's kind of cute. When he w- How old are you now? I'm 25. 25. Man, you're only 25. That's not even fair. Okay. So he's 25. So half his life ago, he started doing this out of like cardboard, like as a kid. He just started modeling the city of Toronto with cardboard and tape. And you know what? There's not too many places where that would be considered super cool, but you found one. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. And I'll bet you a lot so of people watching will think it's pretty super cool. But t- for a 12-year-old, t- like you were getting down to scale, right? Like you were doing a pretty serious job. Let me see if I can put this up on the screen here. I know I had it. I put it aside. I don't know what I'm actually looking at here, so maybe you can tell us. Can you see no. what's up on my screen right now? No, I no, no we're getting it. Yes, I, I can, yeah. Yeah, but that's not what I wanted to show. That's your super impressive current work. So can you see, did I overlay it properly? Model making, you see this picture here? Did I screw it up? I see the, uh, the website homepage. Oh my goodness gracious. You see, this is a very professional show. Yeah, like and we, we like to Steven. keep it that way. Okay. On the tech side, we're doing. Yeah, we don't want to get too far ahead because then you know we might uh, lose our sponsors. Yes. So we got to keep it low key. <laughs> what am I doing here? Okay, hold on. There we go. Share screen, and I'm pretty sure I put it here now. Okay, now I got it. I'll have to edit that out, I guess. So model make it. Look at this. Is this an actual picture of what you did when you were 12? That's right. Yeah. So 14, this is 14, uh, sorry. 
Yeah, that's right. So when I was uh, a teenager, this was a another passion project of mine, uh, building a, a scale model of, of the city. Uh, at the time, 3D printing, I guess, was in its um, very early stages, or at least not readily available to most people and certainly out of my budget. So I had to uh, make do with what I can. And, and this is one of those things that uh, kind of spiraled out of it. Wow, that's incredible. Like, look at this like I'm looking at that like this is all, uh, you know, done through some sort of application, <laughs> right? Like that is just that is amazing. No, you obviously, you know, got that architectural intellect, you know, like that's clearly what what is uh, what's going on here. So what's the and that, and that was all just yeah, exactly. What tell us a little bit about yourself and how that started, how you figured out that you liked building shit out of cardboard. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess this uh, this kind of goes way back. From a young age, I've always been interested in in cities, in development, in construction, in tall buildings, and uh, also three D models. So, you know, aside from the the cardboard model that uh, you see, you can kind of see a, a pro progression there into into the three D modeling work that I do as well. So, um, so yeah, I guess you know, just kind of a brief introduction about myself. So currently, I produce graphics uh 3d models and visualizations of urban development uh, here in toronto and um aside from that you may have come across some of my work on on twitter at future model to which is a, a brand account that i started last year so tell us about so that. you're doing this so you have a business that's doing this for people or right now this is passion where, like, where do you stand right now with, with that yeah, so I guess in, in many ways, it's still uh, very much a hobby. But uh, as you mentioned, you had a guest on the show. His name is Jordan Scrinko from Precondo. So uh, earlier on this year, he got in touch with me and you know expressed interest in using the, the models, not just for his video content, but for also his client presentations as well. So, you know, from there, um, I definitely got more interest in the model, not just in um, in real estate applications, but in other applications as well. So, yeah, so I guess that's kind of the, the story behind it. So I would say uh, it's also become a part-time business. Wow, I love right. it. Right now, I'm actually in control of this thing. Steven was kind enough to share the file with me. I, I'm like a kid in a candy store right now. Like this for me is just so amazing. So so, so what we're so looking at layman. right now, so blue is under construction currently. Pink is in for an application with the city and the gray is currently built, I believe. Yep, that's right. Unbelievable. Wow. So we so so this is stuff that's currently in application. So based on how long it takes the city to process things, I would say the city will look like this in thirty two hundred years. Is that <laughs> would you would you say that that sounds realistic? That's a interesting estimate. But yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, the the applications certainly take uh, take a while from from start to finish. A lot of changes happen along the way, but this is a good way to you know fast track that um, that visual to get an idea of of how much development is going on in the city. And and the model that uh, you have there that's just the downtown core. There's a lot of different pockets throughout the city that are also experiencing tremendous growth. So it's certainly uh, certainly fascinating, and I, I would definitely say we're in a unique. Uh, place to see this amount of growth in in such a short period of time well i'm glad you said that because one of the we we like to talk about what's going on in the news generally on the show in real estate and uh one thing that came up this week is i mean every year they come up with this list of cranes and how many cranes are in how many cities right and i and i thought that this would be perfect to talk about with you because i mean you're basically tracking current train uh, uh, cranes and and future crane uh needs i guess in the city right and and so what it's saying here is that we have 208 right now and i remember over the last few months we've been talking like 125 which i guess was last year's report that's an insane i mean how d did you read this article do you know yeah, so uh, the article definitely has been um, making its way around the around the news. So uh, I guess there's there's a bit of a gray area there. Uh, the the index they have certain criteria in terms of what they 
defined as a crane. Uh, I believe in the index, they, they mentioned that, uh, for example, New York City only has 10, but um, you know, from my understanding, there's, that's certainly uh, underestimate. Um, and I believe one of the reasons is New York City has certain stricter regulations over the use of tower cranes, so they may have other um, cranes in operation. But I guess the point of the article, uh, regardless, is to just highlight how much development is concentrated here in Toronto. You know, we are North America's fastest uh, fastest growing city, so it is not surprising that we have an insane amount of cranes on our skyline. You just have to look out your window and um, see that for yourself. So, so Stephen, what you're saying is that the article is making a point that may or may not be exaggerated from the from the the headline, right? That that they're trying to basically say they're trying to prove the point, which is what you're saying. But in their in their um, you know the thesis, it sounds like oh my gosh, you know, wow, look at how many you know, cranes we've got and nobody else has any, everyone else must be stalled. But that's, that's a really good point. What you said about New York is right. They could have different types of cranes. They could have different types of construction going on right now where they're just not counting that yet. I love when people tell me how Canada is the number one country in the world or Toronto is the number one city. Like, it's just like Toronto is the number one city. Like, based hey, on what? Yeah. Know? based on what, who's, who's, who's asking, you know, what are those metrics? But I think in Canada, we're very proud. I think that there's not a lot of, um, national pride that is you know they always talk about how proud americans are and stuff like that but i think canadians are more proud than any other country in the world and we really 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 hang on to the information that we want to hang on to in order to prove that we have an inferiority so, complex because we're yeah little. we won world war ii if you guys have ever asked anybody that was our war like totally but 100%. hold on a sec i mean we do have an incredible amount of construction going on compared to most places Hundred percent. Like, uh, yes. ridic- and we need it. We, that's the crazy thing is that we we need more, and we have we're we're like light years ahead of every other city combined, and we're not even at like the right pace right now. Yeah. Right. It, yeah, and we are we are doing well. Like with even in the immigration, like we've all been talking about this for the last year now, right? Obviously, Stephen, you seem like you're well read and and the real estate news and everything else too. So they're talking about immigration, 400,000 target and all that. Um, You know, they're, they're doing a, a, they're doing a really good job right now. You know, like we've got just to be able to hit that target, they're basically putting um, express entry on 90,000 people already here, temporary workers, uh, students, stuff like that. Like they're just saying, Hey, what's the fastest way to hit that target possible, right? Like how can we show people that for once the government's going to do exactly what we say we're going to do. And they're just saying, well, hey, these 90,000 people, they're already here. They're already let's here. We can give, count let's that. Let's just give them PR cards. And now we're, now we're going to have, uh, you know, the totals that we need. So they're doing, they're doing a good job. And those people who are temporary or are um, students who are, again, it's, it's a good, to me, a good group of people. One, they're working and there's, it's a class of workers that we need, you know, services and, and stuff like that. And the other part is educated people. You have to be graduated from a, a Canadian um, institution. And now you're going to be granted the express entry as well, too. So valuable members of the economy. Right. So um, they need places to live. But we but but they're already here. But they're renting because they're like, I don't know if I'm going to be here for very long. Right. Would you buy if you're like, hey, the government is only going to allow me to stay here for six months. Right. But but they're already here. They're not immigrant. They're not immigrants right now. They're here. Like we need four hundred thousand more people per year, not just taking people from this column and putting them into this column. That doesn't boost 000, the Darryl. economy, but that doesn't 90, change 000. anything. It just changes what where people's mindset written. changes. What do you? Why are we arguing? People, people. No, but <laughs> people are going to spend more money that 90, and buy more real is estate. Nothing. It's not changing. If they're anything. committed to staying to a country for permanence. But that doesn't change anything. But you know what's crazy? If we actually do start letting all these people in, we do start constructing at a pace to kind of keep up with it. Can you can you draw that many buildings for your model quick enough? Well, I guess uh, I guess time will tell. It certainly um, depends if I have have the time on my hands. One of the benefits of going into lockdown last year was me reopening this this file this model and updating it and making refinements and then also being able to start up the twitter so i guess uh yeah time will tell you've made it to the big leagues now the toronto real estate show (laughs) exactly 
um, the pink buildings. Okay, walk us through that process. Who, who makes it into the pink building category and who doesn't? Because there's a lot of proposals that don't go anywhere. So how do you decipher? Yeah, so the at least the bulk of the development that you see in this model that's highlighted in uh, in pink or blue, it's predominantly going to be high rise. So you're not going to see um, single story attached housing as part of this graphic. It's more focused on multi-unit residential or commercial. So within this uh, within this graphic, how the process works. So as as developers submit their application to the city, they have to publish those documents that are available to the public. So what I've been able to do is download those architectural plans, download those planning reports and convert those 2D drawings into 3D models. Is that how you're so that's doing essentially, it? Yep. You're taking it, you're, so you're taking the PDF off of the government website and then you're actually inputting everything? That's right. Holy. So. Um, yeah, so more recently, actually, some developments include the 3D files. Now, it's a rare instance, but uh, in that case, sometimes it's as easy as just importing it into the model. But oftentimes, you know, the models themselves are coming directly from the architects and they're highly complex. So uh, there is an element of having to scale that down in order to work in the context of this model. Oh, this should right. be a mandatory part of the application right is to have that building wherever it is fit into your model to show because i know that these the 3d guys do it too but i don't really trust the developers guys when they're saying what buildings are going to look like and you know all their reports and stuff like that too like is it really the big picture i think because you're a third party and that this could be like one shared file and i'm not in the development space that's why this idea sounds so great um when they do start putting in their information, they plug it into the building. No one can deny, you know, okay, that's exactly where the building's going to stand. And that's what it's going to look like amongst the other um, proposals. Well, what, what I noticed was super cool. And that's just from my perspective was that you started pinpointing potential development sites. So you, you, you have like this unique perspective, aerial perspective where I guess you're, you're, easily able to pinpoint what should be a high-rise building right so so how do you go about doing that yeah so i guess maybe you're touching on some of the other work on my uh, on my website as well so uh one of the cool things that uh the model allows me to do is like you mentioned you know visualize areas that uh could be potentially upzoned for development um in the future we certainly see uh, in the financial district, historically, where a lot of the tall buildings have been, uh, space has become a lot more uh, a lot more limited. Uh, I'd still say, for most parts of the downtown core, we're definitely not as um, constrained for space as Manhattan, for example. But there are certainly locations where height and density are being encouraged by the city, and we're also seeing that being realized with these uh, development proposals. So. One of those areas is, of course, uh, Young and Bloor, where we have uh, currently the tallest building under construction there, at, uh, the one. And uh, we're definitely seeing that that height move toward the entertainment district and also uh, south along along Young Street with the one young development. And so this is all fanboy knowledge. This is you're not a planner. You didn't go to school for any of this stuff or did you? Yeah, so I, I went to uh, to York. I did a Bachelor of Environmental Studies there. But in terms of planning policy, I'm, I'm definitely not uh, not the expert on that front. But um, but aside from that, you know, the 3D models and uh, and graphics, uh, I can, can definitely shed some light into that. Definitely. Now, since you've um, had this model laid out, you said that you brought it back to life like you had it from how many years ago did you sort of make it initially? Yeah, so the first the model that you see here that actually started in, uh, I guess, late 2017. So at the time, it was more for designing my own projects and providing context for that. So, you know, as you're designing in SketchUp, it's nice to show the city and not just the city as it exists today, but with all the development proposals as well. So an easy way of doing that is to import the model from SketchUp into Google Earth because Google Earth has their uh, terrain imagery. Now, the, the problem with that is, well, firstly, the imagery is not always up to date. Uh, I believe Google updates it uh, every other year. And aside from that, uh, you're not going to get 
uh, under construction and proposed developments. So as, as designers and planners know, when you design projects, it's important that you take that future context um, into consideration. So um, that's essentially the story behind that. And, and with once I had this base layer model, I, I figured, you know, what are the other applications of that? And one of them were the, the graphics that you see uh, up on my Twitter. So these are ways that, um, you know, others can visualize this development and, and hopefully by, by shedding light into what's happening in our city, it can fuel also a, a positive discu discussion about the city's future. So these are some other um, applications that, um, that the model can be used for. So 2017, you put it together, you kind of, you completed it, I guess, right? Like you got to the point where you had really done as many details as, as you could find. And then because of the pandemic, you're sitting at home a lot more. You thought, hey, how can I expand what, uh, what I've already built? And, and then so maybe you went into things that were just proposed as well and, and not just under construction, right? Yeah, that's right. And um, it, it's really about updating what has happened since that period. I, I believe I left it our early 2018, left it for a few years. And, um, you know, when I revisited it, there was a lot of uh, a lot of new developments that needed to be modeled and also expansion of the geographic area. Uh, I believe at the time I got up to around Bloor, Bloor Street. And uh, as you can see in this model, it's expanded um, slightly beyond those boundaries, but what also, yeah, so uh, I've also modeled Midtown Toronto. So those are areas like Young and Sinclair, uh, Young and Eglinton. And uh, there's also other models in existence as well. Um, but for the most part, um, what you see here is focused on downtown and Midtown. But currently I am exploring uh, modeling development in, uh, in North York as well along Young Street. Kingston Road, Scarborough. Yeah, Kingston Road, Scarborough. I think that that's a really good Kingston Road. Next, please. next big boom, right? Please. They can really kind of see. So look <laughs> yeah, at this. Right. See and, what the uh, big and, development will be. Yep. Look at this. You got this is Orca, right? O over the railroad tracks. Have you heard of this thing, TK? This thing's crazy. Look at all this. This is on top of the railroad tracks. Oh yeah! Wow. Yeah. We talked we about, talked that, about before. that before. This is the yeah. the well. Just crazy. Look at this. Unbelievable. Now, when you were inputting the pink buildings and then they became blue buildings, did you notice that their height was the same or was it um, reduced? Do you increased? update them if they were for what they get approved for? Yeah, so uh, along the way, uh, especially with the pink buildings, there's definitely a number of changes that happen from uh, the time it's proposed to the time that it starts uh, construction. So like uh, like Daryl mentioned, one of those things is uh, increases or decreases to height. So as those updates um, come along, I, I do try to stay on top of that. Uh, some of the models take take a bit longer than others, but for the most part, they are updated, especially as uh, the design changes as well. So as they as they turn from from pink to blue, you might see some changes uh, along those lines as well. So let's segue into something else, affordability right now, because you're a young man in the city of Toronto. You're a perfect candidate for this discussion because m more people on the show are generally a lot older than you and don't have this perspective. So, you know, what's it like being 25 years old and, you know, wanting to own the McMansion in Toronto? Uh, you know, what's your situation? What do you think about this? Have you, are you one of the 40 or 50 or 70 percent depending on which article you read that have given up on the potential of home ownership in the city of toronto yeah so it's that's certainly uh i guess a hot topic that's on the minds of a lot of people right now i would say most uh, most younger people are going to be renting uh renting condos and that's you know going to be the situation moving forward um but i think that this idea of living in condos and living in smaller spaces is something that's going to be more um, more widespread and definitely adopted by more more people if you look at uh, cities like you know new york tokyo living in smaller high-rise buildings is certainly the norm and even uh, even renting is is definitely that something that uh, more and more people are going to be having to uh, depend on, depend upon. So I guess, you know, this, this idea of home ownership, it's certainly changing, uh, as we see prices, uh, 
you know, head to the moon and, and the city affordability is definitely going to be, um, I guess, a hot topic moving forward. And so for you, so you mean you're not willing to slave away the rest of your life to pay off a mortgage at one point two million dollars? That doesn't appeal to you? Well, it, it, I guess uh, it's, it's something that um, depends on, on person to person. But um, yeah, definitely. Oh, hard, I, th- I it's believe hard, It's hard to digest that, right? And say, do I really want to be in debt my entire life? Right? And, and to go into home ownership, like Daryl and I, you know, Daryl's a couple of years older than me, but you know, we're going in the market and you know, you're talking about two, $300,000 houses as an entry level, right? You can't even get a condo anymore at two, 300,000. Right. What, what's, what, what are you going to pay? It's going to be 500,000 maybe for something like decent. It's a lot of money to start off at, um, in your twenties, right. On your own. And you're not paying cash. So, yeah. so, but the, the perspective of your generation, like what about your friends, the, the people that you interact with that are in, in similar age bracket, like how are, are, are most people just like, yeah, I mean, I guess we're going to have to rent and that's fine by me. Yeah, has the mentality kind of changed in your generation where it's not, I know my generation thinks renting is like pissing money away, paying somebody else's mortgage. You're an idiot. What, what are you guys thinking? Yeah, well, I guess, you know, within within my circles, all, all my friends are either renting or living at home. I think with the pandemic as well, a lot of a lot of friends have, um, you know, left their their downtown condos and and moved back in with their parents. Uh, certainly a way to save on costs as well. But, you know, as as a lot of your guests, I'm sure have have discussed um getting into the downtown market, at least on the least over the past year has um, certainly been advantageous, especially with dropping prices. So yeah, it definitely depends on on your mindset and your current financial situation. Um, if you're, you know, looking to get into, into housing long term. So now we're hearing in the I, news that like rental prices are starting to creep up again in some pockets and some landlords are saying, we never dropped our prices, you know, we have a good building and not, not very many people left and anybody that was empty, you know, we, we raise prices. Are, are some people that, you know, starting to, you know, think it's time to move back out again. I better, I better get a downtown co- uh, apartment or condo before the prices start to jump again. Yeah, that's certainly, uh, certainly not unheard of, you know, and we are seeing the results of that as well. Like you mentioned, prices are, are starting to creep back up again, especially in the downtown as, people are seeing the, uh, the light at the end of the tunnel with the COVID situation and, you know, looking forward to moving back into the downtown core and going back, back to work there as well. We um, just to take a quick little uh, side note here, part of our strategy for landlords has been to um, capitalize on, you know, getting somebody in at the lower rental prices, but trying to have the rent go back up to, um, pre-pandemic prices afterwards by structuring the lease a certain way. And so I, I just don't do a lot of leases anymore. I, I don't do any leases anymore. So I, I hadn't really had any experience um, in this environment until this week where I had to give some advice to someone. So I had to figure out how to get um, that actual um, lease structured. And so here's the Residential Tenancies Act. So just for anybody listening, um, this is what you're allowed to do for rental discounts. So you can do three months of free rent in any 12-month period. Um, but they have to be given in full rent-free periods. A total discount up to one month's rent given any time over the first eight months of a 12-month period. Total discount of up to one month rent in any time over the first seven months, plus up to one month rent-free period in the next five months after that. I know this is confusing. Or a discount of no more than 2% for rent being paid earlier on time, which means you can't say, I was getting $3,500 a month rent before, I'll charge you 2500 and at the end of the lease, we'll go back up to 3500 or you can go and find a new place. So that will not be held up. But what in, is it um, saying? You can do th- three free months? You can do three months rent free, but they have to be full month rent discount. So it means the tenant has to agree to paying the 3500 and some point during those 12 months, he gets a whole or she gets a whole entire month of rent free, can, right? Can you, can you take different than what you wrote like can you can you write down a lease and then have like a side agreement where you, you can but when the tenant the wants payments? to at, at the end of the 12 months and says hey my landlord's trying to skirt the rules and this is how he structured it to try to make make it benefit him so that at the end of my lease he wants me paying this 3500 
I don't want to be the landlord going to the tribunal and getting the book thrown at me in that case. So unfortunately, your hands are tied. You've got to accept the lower rent amount that the market is giving today. And you can apply the rental discounts and try to negotiate the best deal you can. But at the end of the day, the guys in the financial district, I don't know what area, Stephen, um, some of the people that you know have been renting. But if you go into the, the heart of the city, the financial district, it's bad. You know, it's 25%, you know, Down? discounts. Wow. Very temporary. Very temporary. Bottom is here. I think so. I think that I students think are going to come up. We called it a few weeks yeah. ago. Bottom rent. are coming back. Yeah. Everybody's going to start coming back. Young people coming back. They're living at home with their parents, and they're saying, this is, this. I know why I left. Yeah. I'm going back downtown. This is, this is you know, once the bars and the, and the nightclubs and entertainment stuff opens up again, right? Can you imagine moving out and then moving back in and being told to clean your room, like make your bed? <laughs> I'm 25, mom. Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm out of here. Oh, right? crap. So one, one of the things, Stephen, we talked about, which I think is great, and I want your insight into this. What I've noticed is that um, uh, the, the generation today, which I'm 35, I'm not that much older, but it's just it wasn't happening when I was young, are much more industrial. Like I feel like the people who are younger are doing these little uh, side jobs and uh, side hustles and they're looking at all sorts of creative ways to get into real estate, to invest in, in stocks, to figure out a business plan that's going to make them, you know, not be in the rat race, like way more because of the internet and social media, I believe, than my generation was and Daryl's generation. So elaborate on that. Have you, have you noticed that? Have you seen all your friends are much more into sort of creative um, income sources and stuff like that? Is that, is that going on? So like not careers, you're saying? Not relying on the nine to five, 40 year pension. Yeah, yeah. Not, that stuff doesn't interest, I think, people in their 20s. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, look, look no further than um, what we've seen, I guess, in the States, also in Canada with 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 the amount of new users that are on platforms like Robinhood, right? You know, more people are looking to uh, looking to invest, especially when, you know, interest rates have been so low. So I, I believe that, you know, that has been the mindset of a lot, you know, younger people, you know, if you can't get into, get into real estate, you know, you've, you've got to put your, put your money elsewhere. So I believe, yeah, it's definitely a shifting, shifting mindset. And especially now that it's a lot easier with, with the information that's available and technology, it's certainly probably um, more prevalent with, with this generation now. So do you find that a lot of your friends don't have jobs? Like, uh, no, or do they have I, I wouldn't jobs? say, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, but it's, um, they're not, they're not, yeah. They're so, not so TK was talking about, you know, uh, like, you know, you mentioned, uh, things you do on the side. I don't mean homeless. I mean, like, like internet entrepreneurs versus, you know, sitting, working for corporate, whatever. Right. So, so are more, more people, you know, like thinking about moving to Porta Plata and you know having a shopify store or are people you know working for the bank or walmart or wherever the hell i think i think i think uh i know what you're saying daryl and i and i and i and steven i mean i'm sure we can look no further than you yourself right right you've got you know you've got all this stuff going on that you're that you're doing and i'm sure that you've got a, a vision of where you're going to go with this 3d modeling and that you're hoping that it takes off and the big players out there can can see just how much value there is and obviously your skill set and everything else too so you're probably a great example of how somebody who didn't go to school for i guess this would be an architectural course of some sort right that they offer at um at different universities didn't even go to school for that but because it was in your wheelhouse you were already you know doing it um probably with more hours inputted than most people who did go to school for it uh, so that's that's a great example already there. But I, I just want to say, like, when I was 25, you know, it was cool to be going to, you know, the bars or the clubs and to have, you know, things showing off materialistic stuff and everything else, too. I'm sure that that's still going on. But I just hear a lot more chatter, maybe because I'm exposed to social media and stuff, too, where people really are focused on how to um you know, set themselves up financially, right? Financial literacy and stuff like that too. I think that that is a big part of the, the culture. And I'm really excited because I think that the, the current uh, culture that we have, the, the groups or the generation that we have are going to put us in a better position globally and within government and everything else than any other generation before. And I think a lot of people would disagree with me on that. I agree with you. 
actually. Yeah. I think uh, there'll be, you know, you know what's great. You know, you know when you, you people text you or email you and they're like tough guys, you know, and they're like y- they're very different than they would be in person because they're behind the veil of a phone. That's what's going to lead to the revolution. It's going to be an online revolution by this generation where they just say, you know what? Like, we're not using <laughs> banks anymore. <laughs> we're using Bitcoin. Yeah. Go F yourself, yeah. right? We're not buying yeah. that real estate unless there's an NFT attached to it because I don't want to ha- deal with the, the, the mortgage brokers and I don't want to deal with the realtors and all this crap. And I don't, you know, like they're going to yeah. eliminate all the layers of bullshit. They're going to vote with like a, a certified vote somehow online and 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 what's amazing is that this generation will be able to and is currently able to you know like there's so much bureaucracy in our generation right now in in our in our society so much bureaucracy everything takes so much time we're net we're in an age where literally we can shift on a dime everybody can make a decision instantly certified quantified boom everybody says let's go this way now and it can start to happen we can see massive crazy change but like we're just wait our my generation's just waiting for like the boomers to get the fuck out of the way and we're already fat and lazy so we're not gonna do a damn thing other than complain right your generation tk is kind of setting its ways already you're starting to get fat and lazy and you're starting to get older and like you know what we believe the in-person boots on the ground way is still the most effective way because we're brainwashed into that right and yeah. Steven's generation is going to buy a condo by pressing a button, not give a crap. They're going to trade it to the app. next guy in about? two make weeks, make 20 grand, right? What are you talking about? And, and they're just going to be like, I'll write a code for that. Why are you even doing Why that? Why is this guy president of the country still or prime minister? Like, this guy's <laughs> an idiot. Let's change right? him. Boom. Yeah. Why do we have one president? This is stupid. Let's just have like a bunch of people who are all going to vote on this so that we can't have some jerk pushing the button at the wrong time. It all makes sense. I, I like I really believe in the younger generation because I'm witnessing it and I'm like these guys are just way smarter than me they're just they're better they're better human beings than I'm they care more about the environment they care more about people they care more about everything than what I witnessed and and, and what we actually care and, and and more importantly and I think the most important thing going on right now and I think that your generation is probably a big factor in this treb to drop master bedroom term replace with primary in coming months like with everything going on, this is news, right? And yep. because you're our guest, Stephen, we'll let you lead on this topic. What do you think about <laughs> the term master bedroom being dropped by Treb? Well, I actually did uh, see that, that headline as well. I got a little bit of a chuckle out of that, I have to admit. Um, I think there are certainly more important issues to be dealing with at the moment, but um, I'll leave it at that. I'm glad, I'm that. glad you said that. So, so what, what is more important? Maybe something like Canada's property bubble is now so large, a soft landing would take 19 years. So does anybody really think like something's going to change with the market? Like do people really think that there isn't strings pulling this thing in a direction? TK, I can let's see your face. Okay. Okay. What is Stephen's so generation? Point thing? something out. Is it manipulated the real estate market, or is it a free-flowing capital market? TK still seems to be fooled. Oh, Stephen, what You're do you think? Do you the think witness? the government is is manipulating the market in order to go in a direction that they see fit for for the population? Well, I'm uh, I'm probably not the best authority to be uh, speaking on that, uh, so I. I guess I'll leave it at that. Stephen is answer, pleading answer, the Steven. fifth on that. What <laughs> country are we in? Daryl's on one end of the spectrum. I'm on the other end, right? Where, you know, e- either way, it doesn't matter because neither one of us, Daryl nor I, have the power to do anything about it. But no, um, and I'm too lazy. I'm not going to do anything. I promise. I, That's I wanted to see. I wanted to see this. I wanted to see how many bankruptcies, consumer proposals, and insolvencies have been happening in 2021. And how does it compare to last year? Just because in order, like people are talking to me about this and asking me questions. And I'm, I'm a real estate agent, sort of saying, you know, in the next three months, what do we see and all this stuff. So it's important for me to, to, to know about the upcoming budget and, and everything else. So I'm looking at bankruptcies are down 
35%, something like that year over year. I'm looking at consumer proposals are down 38%. Year over year right? compared to 2020? Year over year compared to, compare, so one February 2021 compared to February 2020, it was down around those numbers. And when they looked at the whole 12 month period between February 20th, 2020 and February 2021, compared to the 12 month period before, it was down around the same numbers. Down? So people, down. Down? Meaning bankruptcies are down, insolvencies are down, people are not in trouble, and that people have money and that they're not filing for consumer protection and stuff like that. That's what's going on out there. So I know it seems like all this, oh my gosh, da, 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 but there's $130 billion in businesses' accounts. CIBC, CIBC said last year we had $90 billion in savings in consumers' accounts. Can we? People have money. Can we question this just for a moment? People have money. People have money. I know yeah. that there's industries affected and, and people cringe when I say, what about these people? What about that? No, no, yes. no. So hold on a second. But sec. it's a narrow, it's a very narrow market. It's very steep in those areas because obviously they have, they, they've been decimated. Oil, gas, travel, tourism. But that means food, that other that means that other businesses that normally would have gone bankrupt didn't. Yes. So what does that mean about those businesses? That they're better all of a either sudden. They had a sharp turnaround, or they were given a whole bunch of free money by the government. Or the government was giving them free money. So they're Absolutely. coming. Is that the forty-six point here? billion dollars in uh, CEBA, the business uh, account loan? So, but is that what you're getting to? Billion. Is that they're going to start going bankrupt soon because they? We'll have to like do business again. Um, well, so this is what I'm saying is in order for the market to crash, there have to be a whole bunch of sellers who are forced to sell and saying, oh, my gosh, I can't make it any longer. And I need to sell because I'm so much in debt. Right. Otherwise, they're just going to hang on if they can't get the same price that their neighbor just got. You just talked about 19 years. It's going to take for the soft landing of the bubble. That's where this thought came from. Right. So how long would it take for our bankruptcies to have a huge turnaround? So if there's a crash coming, it's not coming this year. I can promise you that. It's not coming this year. No. It's going to take a long time for people to start to get underwater. Power of sales proceedings, all that kind of stuff. That takes, it takes a long time. But if, that so if you're thinking about buying and waiting this year to the crash, it may be already too late. But you have to, you, it, you have to get in. If people <laughs> didn't go bankrupt in the last 12 months and that, those actually went down, like – how can there be a crash? What the hell is going to crash the thing? Well, that's what I mean. But I don't know what's going to happen next year. We, we could have another, you know, this virus may not go away. But in this year, 2021, things are looking good. But virus equals crazy bull real estate market. Not in March and April 2020. No. Right? So these new measures. Stephen, what do you think about the new measures? What new measures? The restrictions that announced? we were uh, put under? Yeah, is it all the, all the measures? Is this lockdown three still, or is it like three point one? You know, at, at this Update. point, I feel like we've all kind of uh, all kind of lost our minds. You know, regardless of what wave it's uh, which it's under. You know, from what I've heard, you know, we're the worst lockdown city in North America, which is quite uh, quite interesting. And there's uh, certainly a lot of restrictions that uh, I feel. Do not make sense but um you know we're we're under 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 higher authorities here so i'm not really sure what can be said about it but like you mentioned you know uh it's the the virus situation does not seem to impact current real estate prices and trends and um and yeah it's certainly a guessing game in terms of where we go from here what are you gonna guess if you had to guess what would you guess from here to the end of this calendar year what would you say is going to happen in toronto real estate uh i think i mean i'm not uh an expert on on that but you know i think we're going to be seeing at least prices that are going to be comparable to where they are now uh if not maybe a bit higher uh, I, I believe interest rates are certainly a, a driving factor that may have an impact on where prices go but in terms of you know the situation with with covid and um going back to work i believe that hopefully by by year's end we'll be seeing some return to normalcy that's a good answer i think that's a very accurate you know safe answer but that's a good that's a good answer to uh to have to the situation TK, what do you how, how are people socializing in in your generation right now what um yeah, so I guess uh, the 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 primary way that I've been uh, 
interacting with friends is through, you know, uh, outdoor activities like tennis, for example, I'm a, I'm a tennis player, but now that that's been shuttered by the restrictions, it's, it's uh, certainly been, I think, frustrating for, you know, more than a few people. Outdoor um, tennis is closed. Like here on the, you guys are too close together. Even like singles. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, tennis is a pretty socially distanced sport covid or otherwise so yeah yeah golf too same thing it's like what what do you mean that should be like they should just say listen guys you can go and walk the dog you can go and play tennis and you can go and play golf that's it we don't want to see you outside the house for any other reasons because those are safe this is crazyville right i think they're safe i think they're all what about things like digitally digitally so your friends have you guys done anything like is it through maybe um like i know video games they've got a lot of chat that's how my son uh, uh plays with his friends whatever you want to say um you know more texting video calls zoom calls like is there anything like daryl and i at our generation having a zoom social gathering is now ordinary it can happen if you need to family and friends yeah for sure i mean i, I know a lot of people i've been doing uh, online zoom calls online chess things to that extent to uh, maintain some some level of sanity. Talking, chess talking, like you'll be. Oh yeah, people like uh, load up voice. This, yeah, Discord uh, as well, which is uh, you know popular audio. I believe yep. they have video f- functionality as well, but uh, these are just some ways that people have been connecting. It's a good, it's a good way to do it. What about VR, are you into VR at all? No, it's not. I don't think it's something I've uh, I've tried yet. Too bad. I was in VR yesterday playing this crazy game with these kids. They're all crap talking me the whole time and like bullying me. It was great. It's unbelievable, though. You did, did they know that you were like three times their age? Um, well, if my I, I don't know. I mean, listen, Aiden, my son's voice is deeper than mine. He's 14. I don't know who he's talking yeah. to and what they're thinking. So they just noticed that you were bad but at I mean, the game because they were probably a lot better than well, you, right? And, I mean, my voice is, I mean, they sounded like Mickey Mouse. Yeah. yeah. They were very young kids. But I would have thought yeah. that that would have maybe caught on more with, with the younger generation. But I guess you have not. To have the equipment though; it's expensive. It is. It is definitely expensive. Yeah. So what else is going on in the news here? So we have uh, what? What about this stuff here with Adam Vaughn? You know who Adam Vaughn is? He's like the uh, the counselor. The, the I think he's some kind of real estate minister. I don't know what the hell he is. He's but but he's he's got something to do with Canadian real estate, and he seems to be an up and up, and he's ticking everybody off. But basically, he's. I mean, he's looking at the real estate market the way it actually is, and it's it's like it's a, it's a it's a asset market. Like he's saying, it's it's maybe not good for locals, but it's great for foreign investors. Like we have a very stable, safe market here. It's a hard asset. Uh, our banking system is pretty good, and people want it, and it's cheap compared to other cities that are equivalent. And he's like, well, you know, sorry, locals, like you're going to have to move to the suburbs. But, you know, people are going to come and buy all this overpriced stuff you're complaining about. I think that's kind of interesting, no? I guess so. Yeah. I mean, we've talked, we had a show, Stephen, about a couple weeks ago where it was a hot topic about who was buying real estate and who wasn't buying real estate. And uh, the foreign buyer representation is much lower than what people think. Uh, I'm sure in the pre-construction condo, it's way higher than it is in the low-rise resale market. Like, uh, no, no doubt about it, right? But um, as far as you know, what we're seeing here is we have a huge uh, demand from locals. Like, people need the house is so important. We're renaming the master bedroom to the primary bedroom because master just wasn't as it wasn't significant enough. It's like, no, that's where you go. People are at home. And they're figuring if I'm going to be at home for 24 hours a day now, and I'm not going anywhere, I want to have the space that I need throughout the entire home that, that that's necessary. I met a guy a week ago who talked about moving and like, it was about a six to $800,000 cost for him to move because he, you know, more expensive home fees, taxes, moving costs, job, all, all the interruption, all that kind of stuff, six to $800,000. And the wish list was like not much more than like, you know, private 
home office space. Like it really wasn't much more than that. I was like, really? Like you can build an addition on the back of your house that it could be the most state-of-the-art office you've ever seen, right? So people are really, really, really stressed about their, um, you know, I guess contentment at home. They want to feel like, okay, if I'm going to be working from home, I want to feel like I'm in a space that makes sense, that I'm motivated, that I'm happy, and they're willing to roll out the, the, the bankroll to make it happen, right? What jobs can't you do from home? Garbage collector? Yeah, that would suck from home. I do that Monday night still. That would suck from Tuesday home. Tuesday mornings pick up. Yeah. Well, it is definitely a super fast changing world. We've got Stephen here documenting it as best he can in our fair city here. We thank you for joining us today, Mr. Velasco. It was a pleasure. Very, to get very to know awesome. You. You're, you're, you've got a lot of talent. Big I'm not, fan. I wish I was smart enough to be like, hey, this is big fan. This is what this is going to, you know, work for developers, and this is how things are going to go for you. But I know that, um, you know, if you keep doing it, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. If somebody really becomes the expert in one particular field and has information that nobody else has, um, it's going to be useful, and that there's going to be a, a business. Because I'm, I'm sure in the back of your head, there's a business. Um, motivation behind all this too obviously there's passion since you were young but i'm sure that in the back of your head you're thinking this is something that's really unique and if i continue to to put the energy that i've been putting in it's going to work out and and i definitely believe that that's uh, the case for you for sure absolutely wonderful to see a young man doing so well and so knowledgeable i think it's a actually an interesting testament that the fact that you have no planning or development background or anything that you've figured all of this out on your own I think it should give people, you know, a uh, little bit of confidence that if you just want something enough, you can go out there, figure it out. All this information that you have learned is online. I don't think you have to do too much crazy digging to figure any of this out. I know that from experience as well. So two out of three people here have not been educated, know the Planning Act better than probably most planners. And this is possible, especially in today's day and age, right? So congratulations. Can you, can, sorry, Stephen, can you do a little shameless plug again, just on your all, all your uh, social media and stuff like that? Yeah, so uh, I guess thanks again, Daryl and uh, TK for, for having me on. So yeah, you know, if you're a real estate professional, a developer, architect or planner, and you want to work with me or license uh, some of my work, uh, you can get my contact details on my website. It's www.stephenvelasco.com. And uh, aside from that, yeah, give me a follow on Twitter at FutureModelTO. Awesome. 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 There's his website. Well, we, there appreci on the we appreciate it. You guys couldn't see it, but they could. Thank you very much for joining us for a lovely Sunday morning discussion about real estate. Thanks to everybody out there watching. As always, not that you're still watching at this point in time, but the three of you that are, thanks. Make sure you hey. hit that like button. <laughs> All right, cool. Awesome. Thank you. Amazon's got everything you need for your dorm. From everyday essentials and clothing to school supplies to bedding so comfortable, you'll sleep right through your roommate's new hobby. Save on all things college at Amazon.